0: You're listening to the Westchester Podcast, an official podcast of the New York City Church of Christ. Good morning. If you don't mind me, you know, I want to be down here because I want to be close to you. It's great to be back in Westchester I've known Jim Brown for a very very long time he's a very very special brother to me Jim Brown was the evangelist of the Nairobi Christian Church when we planted it back in 1989 and Jim Brown taught me how to study the Bible with people and I'll be forever grateful for our friendship all I learned from him because I didn't know anything about the ministry obviously until I got to Nairobi Kenya he was a groomsman in my wedding a few years later I was able to come and be a groomsman in his wedding and uh, we have a very special bond thank you so much for this invitation I came here about 10 years ago I don't remember where you guys met you used to meet somewhere, and uh, but it's great to see your faces again. You know, like i uh, been shared this morning already, this has been like a family reunion. We all flew in from different parts of the world to say goodbye to my best friend and homeboy, Onyechi Emeka Aguaya. I met Nietzsche the day he got married in New York City as we're heading to Nairobi, Kenya and um, i'm going to miss him i still can't believe he's not here he and i are the same age we came to this country about the same time to get an education and we vowed never to go back to africa but god in his wisdom and in his power allowed both of us to become christians he was converted here in new york city i was converted in Gainesville, florida and we met as we left for that mission team and now He's gone on to home office. Which is where we are all headed one day. Amen church. It's also great to see Chris. To see Rob. To see Kevin. You know we're all back there. Back those days. Back in Harare, Zimbabwe. And here we are growing older. A little gray. But uh, praise God. That we're all able to be here. Hebrews chapter 11 is my favorite chapter in the Bible. Because it gives us. A list of incredible men and women in in the Old Testament and the Bible calls them a great cloud of witnesses and I believe with all my heart that for the 21st century we can add the name of Onyechi Oguaya to that list of great cloud of witnesses go ahead and be turning your Bibles to Genesis chapter 12 I'm gonna get there in a second But I got two confessions to make as I begin my remarks this morning. I have a condition called PDD. It's called Podium Deficit Disorder. I can't stand still. And so, if you would allow me, you know, I'm going to be walking around. There's also another confession I need to make to you. I think about heaven every single day. That is where you and I are headed. That is what God has called us to. An incredible inheritance. We just finished singing this world is not my home. When I finish this talk I'm going to get on a plane and go back home to Corpus Christi, Texas via JFK. This earth This world that you and I live in is simply a transit lounge. If I walked into JFK this afternoon and all of a sudden I see a guy there with his bed and his furnishings, I'm going to say, hey, dude, you're not meant to live here. This is not your home. We just sang about it. Is it no wonder that God doesn't want us to get comfortable here because this is not home? This is not what God designed for us. We're simply passing through here. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 12. Beginning in verse 1. It says, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's house, father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. At the time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. I have titled my lesson this morning, When God Calls Your Name. When God Calls Your Name. Here we have Abram. God changes his name later to Abraham. He's there minding his own business. And God calls. And God makes him seven promises. He says, I will make you into a great nation. God says, I will bless you. God said, I will make your name great. God told, God told him, I will make you a blessing. He says, God says, also said, I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Abraham left all of his comfortable and familiar surroundings at the age of 75. He took along his nephew Lot with everything he had acquired and they left. I don't know about you. I would like to know where I am going before I set out. There is no way you were, you're going to tell me, hey, Rich, let's go somewhere. I'm going to, the first question is going to be, where are we going? If you tell me, well, I don't know, we'll see. I'm not going with you. That's why we have GPS. i would never been to this place before. The GPS got me here this morning. But you see, it takes faith to leave your comfortable and familiar surroundings and to go to a place that you don't know. And if you think about it, that's what our future is like. You see, God never tells you what is going to happen tomorrow. God is not going to tell you what is going to happen two weeks from now or five years from now. You and I are going to have to take that by faith and trust Him and keep going forward. Because He's called every single one of us in here by name. God knows who you are. Psalm 139 talks about how He saw our unformed bodies. Even before He called us, God knew who you were. That tells me something. You and I are very, very special people. We were not an afterthought. The Bible talks about in Ephesians 1 where God was thinking about us even before this world was created. Imagine that. You and me, only us, the king of the universe was thinking about us even before He created this earth. And so the question is, what do you do when God calls your name? Do you answer? Or do you pretend like you didn't hear them? I had no intentions of being a minister. None. But you see the truth is, when I was growing up, something in me always told me I was going to be a preacher. But I never told anybody. I remember when I was baptized, people would meet me in the fellowship and ask me, have you ever thought of going to the ministry? And I said, nope. I've seen the minister's job and I don't want it. I'm going to make a lot of money, I will give it away, and let people go. But me, I'm not going anywhere. That was my mindset. I went to school not too far from here. University of Bridgeport in Connecticut. That's where I got my bachelor's in accounting, I got my MBA, and then I went to Florida to go to law school. You know how cold it is up here. I'll be freezing in the wintertime in Connecticut. You know? And I wanted to go to law school, and I'll never forget it. One Christmas, I'm sitting there, and they're doing, you know, they're doing the weather forecast, you know, in Florida. Next, tomorrow is going to be seventy-something degrees, and then it dawned on me: it's the same country. (laughs) And so, all the law schools I applied to were all in the south, and I took off. But the truth is, you know, I thought I went to Florida to go to law school. God took me there to become a Christian. Because it was when I got there that He called my name. And I was baptized June 1st of 1986, after my first year of law school. I graduated, moved to Boston. And again, people are talking to me about the ministry. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. I was going on interviews, I couldn't find work. And lo and behold, a brother said, you know what, why don't you start praying about it? And so I started praying about the ministry. And then they asked me to come into the ministry. Would you believe the day after that, a law firm called me and I said, do you have a job yet? I said, I think I found a job I've always been looking for. It's almost 30 years now. And so I shared that to say, you know what, when God calls your name, you've got to answer. Now, not every one of us can go on a mission field. But guess what? You've got your mission field. Right here in Westchester County. This is your mission field. The jobs you have. The neighborhoods you live in. There are people there that God wants to use. But he's going to, he's, he's going to use you to reach them. And that's why Jesus said to us, Open your eyes. Look at the harvest fields. They are ripe for harvest. You see, when God calls your name, you've got to answer. Now you can run like jo- Jonah tried to do. He's going to corner you anyhow. So you might as well just answer the first time seriously. Because if you and I don't answer, guess what? God will go find somebody else. The job is going to get done. The question is, am I going to be a part of it? Are you going to be a part of it? I remember when I was growing up, I was downstairs with my friends, and the mother was up in her bedroom, and she called for me. And I came, I came in, she was lying down, I'll never forget it. And she said, could you grab me that item from the dresser? Remember, I was outside playing with my friends. So I went, grabbed this stuff, gave it to her. And I'm walking out the room, and I stopped. And I turned around, and I said, Ma, I said the dresser is right there. You could have gotten this stuff for yourself. Why did you have to call me from outside? She got out of that bed, and she gave me a whooping I have never forgotten. She said to me, boy, when I call your name, I don't care if you're in Timbuktu, you answer me. You see, we're laughing because a lot of us in here, we're parents. When you call your child, when you call your son, when you call your daughter, you expect them to answer. When God calls your name, He expects you and I to answer. We can't pretend like we didn't hear Him. I'm 55 years old. I just turned 55. A few weeks ago. Nietzsche and I were the same age. He turned 55 in, in May. Two years ago, Mike Tolliver calls me up. He goes, rich. He calls me rich. He says, you know, we have this church we want to plant in Corpus Christi, Texas. How about you and Sarah come down to Texas. We were in Atlanta at the time and come help us plant it. I had no intentions at this stage in my life to go on a mission planting or to lead one. It's like being there, done that. But when God calls your name, you've got to answer. I asked Talibah one question. I said, how far is Campus Christi from San Antonio? He says, well, two hours to the city, two and a half hours to my house. I said, I'll call you right back. And I turned to my wife. I said, Sarah, what do you think of this? It took us less than five minutes. And I called him back. I said, bro, we're coming. and we'll be there now for two years we started that church with 17 members we had different brothers moving from different parts of Texas our original team was 17 our membership is now 30 as I'm talking to you as a matter of fact we've lost 7 of our original members because they couldn't renew their contracts but uh, praise God on Sundays now we're averaging about 60 people at church so far this year we've baptized 7 people none of them have fallen away and I'm thankful to see what God is doing Two weeks ago, we had to flee from Corpus Christi. Because Hurricane Harvey was coming right at us. We had to evacuate. The disciples in San Antonio said, just come on over. So we all took off. I honestly left Corpus Christi not knowing that my house would still be standing when I got back. But God in His mercy, at the very last minute, turned that hurricane away from us. Our population in Corpus Christi is 300,000 people. The devastation was in Rockport, which is 40 miles east of us. Total devastation. Population, 10,000. Tell me God is not merciful. You see, when God calls your name, you've got to answer. You've got to go. That's what it's all about. It's amazing to me that every single promise God made to Abraham here, God kept it. Now notice, all these promises didn't come about and get fulfilled in one day. See, that's the mistake we make sometimes as Christians. Thinking that all the promises God has made to us in His Word is not going to come about very quickly. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes it will take years. Remember, He tells us that the man was 75 years old when He called him. When in America, most people are retired. You know, I am so thankful that a lot of us in here were older Christians. You've been around a long time. You were not baptized a few months ago or a few years ago. You've got decades under your belt. You are in good company with Abraham. Go read your Bible. You realize that most people God used it was later in their lives. You see, in our world, we think, oh yeah, I'm getting older. You know, I'm I'm getting towards retirement. And all of a sudden, you know, we, we, we allow this shift to take place in our minds that shouldn't. You know, my prayer as I'm 55 right now is that God, I know I'm in the second half of my life, okay. My attitude is God, I pray that in this second half of my life I'm gonna bring more glory to you than in the first half. That's my that's my attitude. That needs to be your attitude. That that is not true with me yet, he's just getting started you know I love the youth you know we got a great campus ministry we got a great teens ministry I love the youth but guess what the youth have two things that I want that they don't have money and life experience yeah they have zeal they have courage but they got no money and they got no life experience now you on the other hand Older Christian, you got money, and you got life experience. You've been through some stuff. You see, God has allowed you to go through those things, and you're now going to turn around and use it to help other people. That's what it is. That's what it's all about. When people realize that, man, okay, you used to smoke, you used to do drugs, and now you you, you don't do that anymore. They're like, you know what, I want to hear about this God. I want to hear about this Jesus that changed you. That's what we're talking about. That's what being a Christian is all about. And so I ask you this morning. What is your dream? What is your dream? I pray your dream and your goal is getting to heaven. First of all, getting your family there. And then to help as many people as you can. You know, I tell people very simply. My goal in life is to get to heaven and to get my kids there and I'm dragging as many people as I can with me. That's what I'm doing. Be quiet. You'll thank me later. Come on. I am going to lead you to see the face of God. That's my goal in life. That's what gets me out of bed every single day. Because brothers and sisters, eternity is going to be worth it. Heaven is going to blow your mind. The Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. I mean, here you are, you and I, you know, we, 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 have, we have some gold trinkets on. You and I are going to be walking on it. The streets are made of gold. It's so clear that you're going to be going, wow, would you check this out? It is going to be incredible. A place where there is no pain. I pray through it, there is no weeping. No sorrow. My homeboy is home right now. He wouldn't trade places with any of us. But what are you going to do when God calls your name? God has work for you to do. God has work for me to do. I know so many times, the, whole, the Satan lies to us that we are not going to amount to anything. My Bible says, I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Directing us. And showing us. Every single day. That's amazing to me. That yes, we're sinners. I don't have the time. I would have read it. If you read the story, like I continued in Genesis twelve. The Bible says Abraham told his wife Sarah to lie about who she was. See, you know, you're a, pretty, you're, you're a pretty girl. You know, if they ask, just say you're my sister. And she lied. Actually, he lied twice. And on the second account, you know, when, when God was about to strike the king that had taken Sarah as his wife, he says, This man is a prophet. What kind of prophet is that? He was a lying prophet. I bring that up to say, you know what, so many times we think, okay, God can only use me if I'm perfect. God knows you and I are not perfect. He knew that before He called us. As long as we continue to be more like Jesus every single day, God will continue to walk with us. And I honestly believe that God looks at the totality of our lives. Not the, you know, Instance there or instance there where you and I mess up. So you got to stop listening to the devil. If you cannot show me book, chapter or verse, that's the devil talking. And every time he shows up, you tell him to get lost. And he will. Because he's a coward. He's a coward. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. You are a child of God. God has called you by name. You are special. And you need need to start walking and start acting like it because you can do everything through him who gives you strength so again this morning I don't know where you're at spiritually I don't know what's going on in your life I want to encourage you to start dreaming again I want to I want to encourage you to start praying that God will use you that God will mold you that God would lead you and I promise you he will Because he called us into his church, into his vineyard for a reason. I mean, I would love to come back. The next time I come back, this this chapel is packed. I mean, you should have seen Nietzsche's uh, funeral Friday night. It was standing room only. So much so that on stage, they they had to bring people to come sit. And I, I could see people standing in the back along the walls. It was standing room only. And I'm sure so many other people wanted to come. And I pray that when our time comes, when Christians gather to send us off, the room will be packed because of the amount of impact we would have had in this life. Nietzsche's physical family is blown away by what they saw this weekend, and they had a memorial service for him in Lagos, Nigeria on Monday. They had another memorial service for him in Johannesburg yesterday. I mean, services are going on all over the place. Because his impact was felt all over the continent. Your impact can be felt all over Westchester. Even if nobody calls your name, even if nobody pats you on the back, God sees what you're doing. And one day he's going to look at you and say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Now come in and enjoy your master's happiness. It is going to be worth it. But you've got to continue to give it everything you've got. You know, Rick Warren, in his book, The Purpose Driven Life, said, It's not about you. The purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You were born by His purpose and for His purpose. He's right. Now he goes on later in the book to tell people to pray just in their heart, which is a bunch of nonsense. Okay, I don't I don't have enough time to start going into that. You can't. That's not in the Bible. You can't pray for salvation. I'm sorry, it's not there. But he's right about the fact that, you know what? God called us. And God has a purpose for creating us. And we got to be about the master's business. Amen, church? You know, about this time last year, I came down with the same aggressive prostate cancer that took Nietzsche's life. My doctor told me the diagnosis. He says, I don't want you to call anybody. I don't want you to get on the internet and read anything until you and I talk in 48 hours. I turned over to my wife, told her the diagnosis. I picked up the phone. Nishi was the first person I called. Because he has been batt- he had been battling for six, five years at that point with the same disease. And he said, my homeboy said to me, he listened, he said, what's your Gleason score? I said, what? He said, like Jackie Gleason. He said, ask your doctor, what is your Gleason score? And so I picked up the phone and I called my doctor back. He goes, how come you know what that is? I told you not to talk to anybody. <laughs> I said, Doc, my best friend has been battling this, disa- this same disease for the last five years. And he asked me what my Gleason score was. So he told me, so I called Nietzsche back. I said, my Gleason score is this. He goes, oh, that's good, that's good, that's good. He that's not as bad as mine. And um, he started walking me through what was going to happen. And so much so, he said, can I call when you go see your doctor? And after my doctor laid out all my different options, I put Nietzsche on speakerphone. And he grilled the man for half an hour. And to his credit, my doctor answered all his questions. And would you believe that every time... I would go see the doctor, he would always ask me about Nietzsche. He still asked me about him three three weeks ago. He said, how's your friend? And three weeks ago I had to tell him I think he's on his way home. Pray for me. Next week I start hormone therapy. At the end of October I'm going to start radiation. I had surgery about a year ago. But I still have cancer. But it's okay. It's okay. I don't know how much more time I have on this earth. But whatever time it is, I am going to continue to use it to help people know God, so that they can see God's face one day. None of us is guaranteed tomorrow, really. None of us in here is guaranteed tomorrow. Now I'm praying. I'm I'm, I'm begging God. I, I I I don't want to go out the way Nietzsche went out. My homeboy had suffered for many many years. Nietzsche had an incredible pain threshold. I mean. It was something else. I got none. And so I'm begging God, if, 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 if this was going to take me, okay, but just, you know, give me a heart attack or something. Or just take me in my sleep. That's actually what I'm praying for. That God will just take me very quickly in my sleep. As I'm standing here, brothers and sisters, my bags are packed. Years ago, I sat down, I wrote down my own obituary. I updated a few years ago when I got to Corpus Christi, and I said, "Now you continue the story." The order of service, I've written it down. The people I want to share at my my funeral, I've written it down. I have to go. I have to go scratch his name off because his name was on it. But he's gone before me. I'm not afraid of dying because I know where I'm going. I'm getting ready. This world is not my home. It's not your home. If you think about it, what is death? Death is simply the entrance to an incredible eternity with the creator of the universe. That's all it is. Jesus came to conquer death so that you and I would not be afraid of it. As you're sitting here this morning, do you have a will? I used to be a lawyer. Seriously, do you have a will? You say, oh Richard, I'm afraid. I I don't want to do a will. If I I do a will, then I'm going to die. Guess what? You are going to die. (laughs) You might as well write it down. So that your kids know what's what. So that your kids know, oh, that belongs to you. Or your family knows, oh, that's yours. That's all it is. Oh, that's whatever. You want it to go to that person? Fine. Write it down. That's all it is. It doesn't have to cost you money. So I'm pleading with you, write it down. You see, in Matthew chapter six, I'm going to end here. Jesus says, "Do not store." Beginning verse nineteen, he says, "Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is." there your heart will be also. Wow. You know, He says, do not store stop up for yourself treasures on earth. He doesn't say, try not to do it. And if we're not careful, even as God's children, that's what we're busy doing. He says, instead, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. The only thing Treasures you can up in heaven is what? The souls of men and women. That's it. There are three things that are eternal. God, His Word, and the souls of men. God, you can't do anything about. God's Word, you and I cannot do anything about. The souls of men, my soul, your soul, and the souls of many others, you and I can do something about. And that's what He's telling us to be storing up on the other side. What an incredible calling. What an incredible purpose. What an incredible mission in this life. Heaven is going to be worth it. So brothers and sisters, God has called your name. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you've been visiting for a while. And you've been studying the Bible for a while. I want to encourage you to go and do it. God, God will give you his spirit to be able to live this life, to be able to walk on this straight and narrow path. And let me tell you right now, it's not going to be easy. You don't think you're going to become a Christian and all of a sudden your problems go away? Oh, it doesn't work like that. If anything, Jesus says, you know what? In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We've got to trust God. When God calls your name, he knows exactly what he wants to do with you. He wants you to live an incredible life. He wants you to have an incredible impact. You were created for a reason by God. And God knows your name. That's amazing to me. I can't even keep up with all the names of people I know. I don't forget faces, though. At least I'm thankful God gave me that. But you see, God knows your name, God knows my name. God has called you into His church for such a time as this. Westchester, let's be about the life for what God created us for in the first place. And I have no doubt that when it's all said and done, there's going to be thousands and thousands of people in heaven because you decided to answer God's call. You decided to really live out the life for which God created you in the first place. Pray for us in Corpus Christi. Pray for me, and I hope to see you soon. God bless. You've just listened to the Westchester Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit Westchester.nyccoc.net.